it is what it is. I was going to, that was mine. That's what I was going to say. Just. That's what I was going to say. Ugh. All right, welcome everybody to this episode of the Emo Over Easy podcast. I am one of the hosts, Andy Little, joined by two co-hosts, Drew and John. We are joined by two awesome guests who've been on the show before, Jeff and Molly. How are you? Doing great this morning. Excellent. Good morning. Thank you. Welcome back. For this episode, we really wanted to dive into this idea of sayings. And I, I want to do this one because John is like a master of words. Huh. Him and Drew both are more articulate than I am. I feel like I'm a bumbling you know, person most of my life. I don't agree with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> Could no, I just let it go? No, no question. Right you're going to throw me that softball, but yeah. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can. So we want to talk about the power of sayings. And for this, it was the idea was, what is your favorite saying from ever? What's the worst saying that you hate? And then we can kind of go from there. So I figured John should start us off. I instantly have an answer for both of those. Okay, let's start with the best. Which is unusual, because normally I like to ponder, because there's... You know, like if you like, what's your favorite movie? And I, and I have to like, what genre? Because you know, like nine to five is not the same as Goodwill Hunting, like that kind of stuff. No, no. Favorite saying: When you know better, you do better. Love me, Samaya Angelou. Why, why do you like that one so much? Because it is both informative and empowering, and forgiving, which is one of the things as I was growing up. I had a very hard time learning and doing. So when when I went to when I went to Virginia Tech, I came up from a very small community and my way of getting by and socially adapting in life was to basically be Ferris Bueller. I was I was friends with everyone. Dweebs, nerds, jocks, thugs, everybody. Like I knew everybody, I knew their family, I knew their people. That was how I survived being, you know, a small brainy nerd where where I was. And then when I went to Virginia Tech and my freshman chemistry class had more people in that class than my entire high school, not my grade, my entire high school, I suddenly realized like I couldn't know everybody and I had to figure out a way to function. And I had a very hard time because when I was growing up, I knew what was going on in everyone's life. And so when people made a decision that I wouldn't have done or wouldn't have agreed with, I understood the circumstances behind it, right? But when you don't know people, you don't know their motives. And I quickly took to just using what I would do in that set of circumstances being the bar that was right. And so for a while, I really struggled with people that didn't see things the same way I did. And then when I learned that phrase, I don't know why it clicked, but it just clicked that people do the very best they can. I authentically really believe that almost universally, there are a few people that are just evil, sure. But I mean, I mean, you have to account for like the crazies, right? Like the true like serial killer, you know, just bad people, but but most people, I truly believe, do the best they can with the knowledge they have. And so that phrase, when you know better, you do better, even though it is talking about the more you learn, the more you know, the better you'll do. For me, it's more about having grace for people when they make a decision that I would not have made or don't fully understand, which was immensely helpful going into emergency medicine. A lot of people end up in front of us by making choices that I don't fully understand. And so it would be a very hard job for me if I 
were always both being their doctor and their judge. And so that phrase just kind of pops in. And what's really cool is I liked it so much that I wrote it down. Like I said it to my mom and she liked it and she made me write it. And it's like for 30 some years, it's been hanging on the refrigerator. It's That's just a little incredible. handwritten really note. Cool. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, it meant a lot to me. It just came at the right time in the universe. And I think a lot of other people know that quote. It's not like a mystic one, but it's a phrase that I love. It it accounts for the fact that we learn over the course of our life, Mm -hmm. and we all screw up a ton. Mm -hmm. And that we shouldn't necessarily be judged, or our our entire future shouldn't be completely based off of the dumb stuff we've done in the past. So I like that. That's awesome. Well, and I like how you said it allows you to have grace for people, right? Like, we all are human and we're all making mistakes. And nobody should be, like you said, judging anybody else. So being able to have that, extend that grace, extend that due to somebody else. I think that's huge. Sorry, my one I hate is much less heavy. <laughs> it's, it's the one I hate is, it is what it is. I was going to, uh, that was oh, mine. That's nope. what I was going to say. Just. That's what I was going to say. Ugh. Well, yeah, Jeff, a, it is what it is. Well, man. no, it is what it is. You know what? I guess, man, no, fine. Yeah, tell me why you hate it, though. I hate it because it's it's just an indication of giving up. It goes directly against, frankly, what I was going to say of my favorite quote, which is, what matters most is how you walk through the fire of, you know, when there's a challenge, you can really affect how you respond to a circumstance in a situation. So to have just kind of a, a rollover response of, yeah, well, you know. It is what it is. So what, what do you say then when? It's out of your control. It's out of your control and you, you, we need to move on. right? I mean, and, and I'm not saying that I use the phrase it is what it is very often because I don't think I do and I, I don't think it's part of my vernacular. I also don't really care for it because I agree that it comes with a like laissez-faire. With a shrug. shrug it's a verbal shrug. You know, mm-hmm. But we need something to use in its place because there are times where you have to essentially recognize that you know, what is done is done. We got to move on. So. Well, no, even if you don't have control over a situation, you still have control over yourself, right? You still have control over how you respond to whatever is happening around you. And so that's the part about it that I don't like about the saying is that it absolutely true. I will never have 100% control over anything that happens in life, but I still control how I react to life, which I think goes back to your favorite saying, you know, how you walk through the fire, right? Yeah, but, but just don't walk through fires. I mean, like you're going to get burned. Yeah. 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 That's if you if you take that very truly literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Pretty like literally, fa- that, fast. Is a, that is a so bad, how you, yeah, so, a bad so, idea. So 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 literal interpretation is you're going to want to walk through the fire fast. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I imagine you're going to want to extinguish run the through the yeah, fire. Yeah, exactly. Through right. Exactly. The area that yes. Was sprint through the fire. Yes. Once the embers are no longer burning yeah. my to me my, my feet. Yeah. To me, my issue with it is what it is is mostly because it's one that I've used, and it categorizes times in my life where I was less than good or less than like I, I was, I wasn't being very good at responding to a situation or it was a crappy part of my life that I felt I didn't have any control over. And the point is I actually did. And I just chose not to do anything about it. And so that's my issue with it. It is what it is. And you can always learn from a situation, right? So that, and with the, it is what it is feels like the, the door is closing, right? It's like, and sometimes, you know, that's necessary to be able to say, hey, you know what, I've, I've acknowledged, I've, I've honored the circumstance, the situation, the emotion, and we're moving forward. But there's a, a giving up and sort of like a, a, a premature closure component of that saying, too. Well, I just hate all things about it. it like, I viscerally hate it more than that. Like, because, even broader, even broader. Yeah. 
Well, it John said it, this wasn't deep, and he's over there about to drop it, some deep it, stuff. Yeah. Like, can, this yeah. is an audio-only podcast, but uh, John is reared up. It, it, he is ready to defend. Yes. It closes your mind to all the possibilities. That's what I hate. And, and I like, because the description is actually accurate of, it's like you're giving up. But for me, it's even deeper than that. It's that you are now in a position where you are unwilling to see something for the way it could be. And I just hate the fact that it's just grammatically stupid because it actually <laughs> should, in most cases, if not all, be it was what it was. Because mm. mm. yeah. oh. yeah. it happened it, instead of it's happening. So it drives me nuts. So someone will come to me or someone will, I'll see two people or hear two people having a conversation and, you know, well, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then my car died and then I didn't have the money to pay for the brakes and girl it is what it is no it was <laughs> what it was but now it's completely different which is the whole point that that phrase is annoying because as soon as you say it it actually isn't what it was I already disliked hearing that phrase and now I'm going to never be able to not hear it that way. And yeah, when, exactly. and when you say yeah. it, the worst part is like every time I tell somebody how much I hate this phrase, I, I find myself stumbling into almost using because just because I hate something doesn't mean that, that I'm perfect about it. You guys also know I hate the word but and of course I will use the, the word but in occasionally, but I catch myself hey. all the time, <laughs> right? See what happened? Yeah, so. Oh, it is what it is. Ugh. Just... Right along the lines of it is what it is, for me, one of the phrases that really irks me is don't let great be the enemy of good. And there's various mm. versions mm -hmm. of that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I understand the premise of it, which is sometimes we can't reach perfection, right? And, and yeah. sometimes good is good enough, but it comes across as a don't even try, mm -hmm. right? Just accept mediocrity. And I, and I hate the concept of accepting mediocrity. It's just, it's yeah. one of those that really irks me deep into the soul yeah should always be striving for something else we're excited to introduce a new sponsor of the em over easy podcast iv clinicians ivy has solved the problem we've faced every time we've changed clinical jobs that is where to find the information about emergency medicine employers led by an emergency physician ivy makes it simple to look for places you'd want to work on ivy's site you can search by region or city filter by your personal preferences, and connect with the in-house recruiter of that specific emergency department. Your CV goes only to the ED's employer so you don't get spammed from other random recruiters. Ivy has more info about every ED in the country than we've ever seen anywhere else. Ivy Clinicians is the Zillow of the emergency medicine job market. Like Zillow, Ivy is free for clinicians, and Ivy even sends you a signing bonus of champagne and coffee if you get hired through their site. So go check them out at ivyclinicians.io today. Well, and my, my favorite saying actually kind of goes along with what a lot of us are referencing. One of my favorite life sayings is when life closes a door, it opens a window, right? And I feel like a lot of what we're choosing out of our favorite sayings is this, you know, call it growth mindset, call it a positive thinking, call it optimism, call it whatever you want. But it's this idea that the concept of failure as it's 
you know, defined in the English language and no language is perfect. English certainly isn't perfect, but it's failure is this idea that there is a completely irrecoverable situation. Nothing good can come out of this. It's rock bottom, nothing at all positive at all. When in reality, what we're trying to refer to is, okay, no, this is a time in my life when I have like not performed to my own expectations, not performed to somebody else's expectations. Things have gone a little bit sideways, but there is always, I really believe this. I think that there is always something that can come out of that situation, whether it is a personal lesson that you've learned, whether it's a, you know, nowadays in all our departments, a systems issue that's being brought to life. Like there is always something, some sort of silver lining that can come out of that. And call me Pollyanna or whatever you want. But I I don't like the idea that we're just willing to kind of like throw up our shoulders and shrug and go like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, it, it is, is what, what it is. is. It was what it was. Like, no, there's, there should always be something. There should always be something coming out of that. Yeah, well, I'll go with the one I hate the most first. It's I've come to terms with it. It's in that same kind of like, you know, it's like, all right, well, I'm just, not, and that to me, that's just, I'm not going to do anything about it. Like that's the, that's, it is what it is even farther. Towards, well, I've come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so. See, no, I'm going to disagree with you on that one because okay. I actually think that there is really something to the concept of the same exactly as it is to come in. There are things outside of our control. And of course, as Molly mentioned, mm-hmm. we can control our response. But sometimes you have to just accept the truth of a situation, right? Yeah. And there isn't necessarily anything in that moment that you can do to change the situation. And so. When I think of it, I understand that for some people that's not okay. And, and I don't – I'm not telling you you have a bad no. worst phrase, right? But it's kind sometimes of it's you have to come <laughs> – but behold the underlying behold truth. Behold the underlying yeah, truth. Behold the underlying truth. Sometimes you do have to come to terms with the situation. And it's interesting. I guess it's how you use it, I guess right? I think true. that's really yeah. it. Is yeah. I've come to terms with the situation yeah. and now my response will be X, Y, Z as opposed yeah. to what I think you were getting at, which yeah. is I've come to terms with it and I've given up, Yeah, right? Because they're not one in the same. So no, I, no. all right, I'll give yeah. it to you. Yeah, yeah it's, no, I think context does matter there. Yeah, context yeah. matters a lot. The, the I've come to terms with it. For me, that phrase is fine if you are explaining to a person or using that phrase in a way to show that you've accepted a situation. I guess that's true. Yeah. Except I agree with you when someone, because I can very easily see how it would be Jeff and I, we would never do this, but we have a, you know, a, a healthy disagreement about an issue and we don't necessarily haven't worked all the way through it, but I've made a decision independently that I'm done with time spent on this and knowing that Jeff is not done. And if I say, I've come to terms with it. It it is insulting in a very deep way because you're basically telling that other person whatever it is you need to do to get over it. I'm not you need to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's a wooden but stake I'm in the done. Heart, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm done helping issue, right? you. And it's also like you're being morally superior. Like, well, I've come to terms with it. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Why haven't you been <laughs> able yeah. to come to so terms? So many with ways it. that can go. And, and um, that's the context in which yeah. it irks me. Is it's oh like, yeah. Well, there's a lot to work out here. Well, I've come to terms with it, and it's like. No, it's a complete disregard for the other half of the conversation. Like, I've come to term with it as just a rebranding of it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Except it's done with, you know, a little bit of snootiness. A little bit of snoot. A little bit of superiority. Yeah. Like, like well, my superior fatalism. Yeah. It's kind of like James Bond when he orders a, you know, shake and not stirred martini. He orders a weak martini. A weak martini. And he's doing it in a snooty manner. It's the same thing. 
So my favorite quote, and this is a quote that's been in been on a, a placard. Wait, are we actually, doing quotes or are we doing sayings? Sayings. My favorite saying. Sorry, is saying. You're right. You're no. It's not. They're different. They're different. They're different. They are absolutely different. They're different. They're different. I thought about it. I thought about it for another ten seconds. It's okay. Mm. Stand down, Drew. Stand down. No, 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 no. John, I'm leaning. John, I'm leaning. leaning. No. John's well, well, over there agreeing. Well, well, maybe they're the same. Well, all I'm saying they all is. Start as quotes. It, all I'm saying is, yeah, originally a saying is just quoting another person. It just may not be a famous person. Here's a deep one. Okay, before we go completely off the rails. Uh, <laughs> all sayings are quotes, but are all quotes saying? No, we're not so, doing the SATs. We're not yes, doing no. the SATs no, today. Nope, no, no, nope. Squares and rectangles. <laughs> it is squares and rectangles, but they but they're the same. But all but rectangles are, are not squares, but yeah. all squares are, are rectangles. rectangles. Yes. yes. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> all right. Geometry so, talk on EM over. <laughs> so a saying within the wrestling community, which is a community that I grew up with and a big part of my life, is it it's actually started out as a quote from Dan Gable, but it's a saying. And it's gold medals aren't really made of gold, they're made of sweat, determination, and a hard to find alloy called guts. And so that's like something that my coach would say over and over again. It was like his pre-rah-rah talk. I'm drifting back to Drew's side. <laughs> that's not a saying. Nobody says that. Yeah. Nobody that's, says that. Right. Right? Nobody's like. You, you quoted, you quoted my, someone. My new saying that I've just come to terms with. I actually read an article. Come, come, he just come to, we, just, we just came to terms with. Oh, God. He just, wow. He shut him bone. down. Cutting it's getting to the deeper and bone. deeper. All right. Go for it, Drew. Finish, finish your thought. Is y'all. Just a single word. A single word single, is no, a single word. A saying. Well, well, it's two words actually combined. Y'all, y'all is not a word, yeah, right? To be all. fair, it is a word in the South. I have lived my entire life, other th- other than three years in medical school, below. Sorry, I have lived my entire <laughs> life, other than three years in medical school, above the Mason Dixon line. Y'all is not a word, but it is inclusive, and it represents all the things that we mean to say when we say things like "you guys." Which is clearly not inclusive and is not a 2022 term we should be using when we are not, even at this table, all guys. Mm-hmm. And it was an article in the New York Times from October of 2022 that allowed me to come to terms with the fact that y'all is an okay saying. And in fact, it's a good saying and one that I'm going to start using. I could totally get behind this. I could totally get behind this. Now are you going to throw out the all y'all? No. <laughs> no, because now I'm, my tongue is doing things that all the y'all. northerner all y'all. in me does not allow it. All I, y'all I, is just a natural progression, all, as is Ewan's. All you Ewan's. all. And Ewan's. Ewan's. So the, the problem with that is there's missing enunciation. Poor Jeff. <laughs> no, it's being enunciated just fine. We just do it very slowly. Gives us time to think about okay. what we're going to say next. Y'all. Y'all. Y'all down south. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to go down. No, I'm not going to go We just insulted an entire section of the listener no, that's group. Not, it's no, not I, insulting at all. To Drew's points, I think it is a very inclusive way to say, hey, everybody. That isn't like, hey, everybody. It's, hey, y'all. Well, hey, everybody mm-hmm. is also okay. But yeah. how often do you walk into a room and say, hey, guys? Yeah. Right? You say, walk onto a shift. No, I still remember when we recorded with CMD. I said it like nine times. And they, I was like, so, but not only you said it, yeah. they, they said, said it. it. They said it. It's they a very, said it. Yeah. oh yeah. It I, is ingrained in our vernacular and it needs to not be. We, yeah. we, there is a better option and I'm, I'm okay with y'all being that option. Well, especially growing up in California, everything was guys and dudes. Like that was like, to this day, I'll still say like, oh yeah, hey dude, what's up? 
And it is so deeply, deeply ingrained, like you said, in the vernacular that we have to consciously override that and realize that, no, that's probably, probably more than a little insulting to certain people. It is what it is. Oh, no. All right. My favorite hated saying, <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right? I, think I heard that like a thousand times as a kid. So no, what doesn't kill you can still break you irrecoverably. <laughs> yeah. Clearly no one has, has met flesh eating strap, right? <laughs> or people in wheelchairs yeah. or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like my real favorite saying, which is the beatings will continue until the morale improves. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the shift is going horribly awry. And, and I'm getting these looks like, save me. And then I'm not saving enough. I usually just look at the residents and the team and go, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. And I walk away and it breaks the ice and everyone has a good laugh. And then we refocus ourselves because I don't actually mean it as an I'm beating. Well, there's probably a resident or two that does actually think I'm beating them. But other than that, the vast majority don't think I'm, I'm beating anybody. Yeah. It's true. It is what it is. It was what it was. It was, it was what it was. It was what it It will was. be what it will be. I have come to terms. Que sera, sera. Which I actually don't have Word a problem trees. with that saying either. Well, we've realized from this conversation that I do not understand what sayings are. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. I need to go back and look at the, the quotes in my life that I've used like as sayings and realize that they're not probably all. Just saying. You can. The I'm so glad you've got. come to terms with that, Andy. Drew has not been this happy about being in a room with me in like five years because I admitted to something. Well, we want to thank Jeff and Molly for hopping on with John, Drew, and myself for this amazing discussion about sayings and the roles they play in our lives. Do not forget, we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians, or the ACOAP. Head on over to acoap.org today to learn more about this organization and how you can attend a future live event where you might get to run into your favorite podcasters, the EM Over Easy crew. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, which is Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at EM Over Easy. Until next time. Thanks so much, y'all.